afterwards. He's been in a few of these operations. So there it is. I'll call it Operation Emmanuel, and uh, the spelling is slightly different to what you may be used to. But yeah, there it is, Operation Emmanuel. It happened at the right time. There's a lot of things involved in this operation. Galatians 4.4 says this, But when the set time has fully come, in other words, when the set time has culminated and it is now the moment, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, and so on and so on. Part of the timing of the set time had to do with the fact that there had to be a universal language that would enable the quicker spread of the gospel at that time. And Koine Greek was that language when Jesus was born. So there was such a language. And it was a bit of an unusual thing because before that time, before Koine Greek really spread to that extent and became the universal language, it was really this tribe has their language, this one has their language, and they really didn't understand one another, uh, one another well. So that was an important part of the set time thing. The timing had to be right. It had to be in the right place as per prophecy because Micah said that it will happen in Bethlehem. The problem here is Mary lived in Nazareth, 170-odd k's away. In the north, Bethlehem in the south. And so there was no way she was going to travel out of Nazareth where she was living heavily on the verge of giving birth. There was just no way. So God had to make a plan. And so they needed a reason, the right reason, to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And so suddenly, somewhere in the middle of the night, Caesar wakes up. Whoa, I've got a bright idea. Census. He thought it was his idea. It, it gave a compelling reason for them to travel. Luke 2 verse 2, Luke 2 verse 4 talks about this whole thing and, and says that the census, Caesar Augustus got this idea about the census and, and he said, you have to go and register in the city or the town of your forefathers. Now, Joseph's forefathers all lived in Bethlehem. So that's why they had to travel to Bethlehem. Now, now also get the timing thing here right. So, so Caesar got this bright idea it did not leave them with a lot of time. So it's not as if there was a one-year preparation time. Just want to let everybody know, in about a year's time, we're going to have a census. No, no, no. Caesar gets this bright idea, and immediately the census has to happen now. It's not a lot of lead-up time. So in order to facilitate travel with a heavily pregnant woman on the verge of giving birth, 170 kilometers away, to a small town called Bethlehem, the census had to be quite urgent. And it came across as that. And then they had to travel all that distance. So without good roads, it would not have been possible to make it in time. So there were good roads thanks to the Romans. Timing was right. You see how God orchestrated all of this. It's just incredible. And then there was the whole thing about the star. I mean, if you, if you think about comets, because it was a comet, Halley's Comet, Halley's Comet, comes around every 76 years. That's the most frequent comet we have. 
we get these comets, most of them have an average of about once every 200 years that they come around. There's not many of them that come around. I mean, really, nowadays we can see them from afar with all our telescopes, but there's not that many of them. So right at the right time, there was a star that announced Jesus' birth that showed the wise men where to go. So all of these things have to happen together. That's where the logistical miracle comes in. God orchestrated, orchestrated it all in the right way. Another way to think about Christmas. It's not happenstance that Jesus was born then in that place, in that way. God orchestrated it all. Now, it immediately makes me think about our lives. Okay, Lord, if you could do that, then this problem that I think is complex, maybe for you it's not as complex. <laughs> maybe there's another way to look at this. God is in control. That's the first thought about Christmas for me. I want to show you a video clip. There's a number of these video clips throughout. And just have a look. It will speak for itself. The Christmas epic. The story of Christmas. We've had a look at the complexities around the logistics of Jesus' birth, but we haven't even looked at what happened behind the scenes. There's so much more. 
the amazing thing for me when I think about Christmas Day is that everything came together in Jesus. It's almost like Jesus tied the knot of all these things that God were busy with, and they all came together in Jesus. And really, that should then be our starting point to understand all these other things that God brought together in Jesus. Salvation, new life, an ability to live a kingdom life, better outcomes for all, liberation, sight to the blind, all these things that Jesus talked about. Just a new way of living. Zechariah understood something of this. Amazing thing. And just look at his, his song. He understood the miracle. It's really beautiful. Luke 1, 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. A horn, the shofar. He has blown the shofar of liberation. That's what it means. So when you hear the sound, you know the victory has been won. That's what that means. And as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abram. Just look at all these strands that it's pulling together. Remember about 2,000 years ago or however long Abram lived? Right there then I promised you certain things. It's, it's happening today in Jesus. That's what he says. The oath he swore to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. Today we know that the Holy Spirit enables us to live a Christ-like life, like Jesus in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Amazing song. I would, love, would have loved to hear him sing it. I don't know what the tune was, though. There's something beautiful here. Christmas is also a time of contrasts. It's an interesting number of contrasts. There's so many of them. All of these contrasts make us think more deeply about Christmas and, and God, the one behind Christmas. I mean, if you think about Jesus born in the poorest circumstances, maybe today we would use the terminology low socioeconomic circumstances. But the best choir in the world was in attendance and welcoming him with their singing. It just caused a stir everywhere around. Jesus was born a Jew, but they did not recognize him as Messiah. Yet the wise men who were not Jews came to find him and knew that he was the Messiah. That's an interesting contrast right there. His birth was a virgin birth. Now, let's not go into that one. I'm still trying to get my head around it. He was a king, but he lived among us fully human. In theology, the term that we use for this, uh, this concept where Jesus emptied himself of his divinity, it's called kenosis, self-emptying him of his own divinity and being totally human. I've used this example once before, but I'll use it again. It's like Jesus had to become man and fully man so that we would listen to him. And the best way to explain this is to think of ants. And imagine you're, you have this big ant nest in a field that is about to be plowed over so that it can be planted 
for a harvest. And so the farmer and his young boy stands and looks at this process. The tractor is working in the field. And the boy suddenly realizes, wait a minute, that ant nest that's right in the middle of the field is going to be plowed over. There's going to be trouble here. All those ants, all million of them, are going to die. So what the boy does is he turns to his father and says, Dad, those ants, we need to save them. His dad said, what do you have in mind? He says, well, I'll run to them, I'll run to the ant nest and I'll warn them. So he runs to the ant nest and he, and he bends down and he goes, ants! Huge reaction, four ants blows over. And that's all that happens. None of them listen. They just don't get it. What is this new wheat? Don't get it. He goes back to his dad. He says, Dad, I don't know what to do. Dad says, well, the only way it's going to work is you're going to have to become an ant. You're going to have to live among them. You're going to have to be seen as one of them, feeling their pain, being like them totally. And then you can start proclaiming the message. There's a plow coming. You better make sure that you're ready and move. And so, luckily, ants have a short lifespan, so the son does this. And and some of the ants heard the message and believed, and uh, therefore traveled. (laughs) Others did not. That's a story of the gospel in a nutshell. That's what Jesus did in, uh, God did in Jesus. He was a king, but he lived among us fully human so that we could hear. His ministry was unreasonably effective. Unreasonable on all counts. If you think about Jesus, I mean, three years of ministry, I've been in ministry a lot longer than Jesus have. I am not even nearly as effective as he was. What's the difference? How, how is that possible? The effects of Jesus' ministry transcends all known bounds. I mean, the time of his ministry was three years. The number of qualifications he had, his ministry had much more effect than that because he had no qualifications, really, except schooling and so on, and reading the scriptures. The number of books he wrote, absolutely none, and yet his ministry continues on. Amazingly effective. That's a contrast of Christmas. I want to show you a number of video clips about these things of contrast. Thinking about Christmas in a different way. Have a look. It's about more than Christmas. It's about more than gifts and all these things. I was looking at my Christmas list, making sure everything I ever wanted wasn't missed on this. I knew exactly what I expected as my Christmas gifts and everything that I expected, I was sure I'd get. Thoughts running through my mind of how I love this year and time, cause it's the perfect time of year to state what I want is mine. After all, that's what it's about, right? I mean, sure there's more to it. We can't forget the bright lights, cold nights, packed flights, that's right. Christmas cheer, mistletoe, look outside white as snow, hot chocolate fireplace, winter singing, bells are ringing, Christmas tree, lots of laughter filled with lots of Christmas glee. This Christmas is everything that I'm expecting it to be. And as I'm looking at my Christmas list, trying to make sure there's nothing that I've missed on this, I started to think, what if Christmas is about something more? I read these stories and hear these songs about a savior being born, but what for? I need to know more. The Bible, I have a Bible. 
Now I just need to know the title of that story. You know, the one that apparently made his story? Matthew, Mark, Luke, got it. Gabriel, an angel sent to Mary, a virgin girl, foretold the birth of a special baby to be sent into the world. To call him Jesus was the instruction. He'd be the defeater of all destruction. The meekest man, but yet the toughest? Wow. Born in Bethlehem, there was not one as great as him. He'd be the friend of those in sin and he would turn their hearts to him. And as I'm reading through these pages, I'm in awe of he who saved us. Perhaps this gift is yet the greatest. Grace came into the world and forgave my sin. This Christmas, I'm wanting something different. It's so easy to be selfish and get caught up in my own list that I don't even pay attention to those around me, so I've missed it. I was wanting all this stuff, hoping that it could fill me up. But I know now to be content because I have way more than enough. This Christmas, my wish list is to share the joy of Christ, to be thankful for the best gift, and that is the gift of life. This Christmas, I have everything I need to be a blessing to other people because of blessings I've received. And as I'm staring at my Christmas list, it's narrowed down to one thing, and that thing is this, that no one and nothing will take the place of my king, but rather in this time of year, he'd be enough, my everything. When we think of Christmas, it's also a time where we need to be honest with ourselves about what it really is about for us. Honest about some of the things that happen around Christmas. So this is, this is another way of looking at it again. Use it as a bit of a checklist for yourself. Uh, not the one that we've just seen, but the one that's coming. As to what is Christmas really about for me? I love Christmas. To me, Christmas is about, well, it's about the birth of Christ. December can be so busy and stressful. It's nice to end the month with a special day. Sure, we do the Santa stuff. It's fun. Our kids love it. But it's not all we do. We find time to tell others about our Lord what he did, what his sacrifice cost. The night before Christmas, we read the story of the birth of Jesus. When my kids go to bed, they're thinking about how good he is. Christmas day is so amazing. I can barely wait for it to get here. I love giving presents. And I really love spending time with my extended family. <laughs> At some point during the day, it's good to slow down and remember who Christ is. And you know, I hope this Christmas, I can just take time to reflect. Either way, I know what this day is really about because my Christmas is real. just the test tester and if we don't bring jesus back into the season who else will it's not going to be the world i mean the world is all about the plastic christmas so it's up to us it really is up to us and jesus is what it's all about are we proclaiming that message during this time with what we do with what we plan with the way in which we structure it around jesus or 
outside of Jesus. Only those two options, really. I especially like this one. It's your time of the year, Jesus! Wow, thanks, guys. But this is a little weird. Weird? What do you mean? We do this every year. Yes, but I haven't seen you all year. Well, now's your time to shine, Jesus. Yeah, you put the Christ in Christmas. Well, yeah, you're the reason for the season. Yes, but I don't want to be the reason for just this season. I want to be with you in every season of your life. Oh, that is so sweet, Jesus. Thank you for being born. You're such a cute little baby. Away okay, but I'm not a baby anymore. No and I'm not in a manger. Okay, I'm in a manger. But it's more than that. I want a relationship with you every day. Well, Jesus, you have Easter to look forward to. Yeah, and technically a day around the flagpole of prayer, right? Oh, and Thanksgiving, kind of yours too. Yeah, but I want more than just the holidays, guys. I want an everyday relationship with you. Jesus, you are in my life every day. I mean, I've got a cross on my wall and a fish on my car. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, we know you're here all year long. If you know I'm here all year long, why do you keep treating me like I'm not? Do you still have that plastic, Jesus? Just another reminder. Jesus really is what it's about. Now, how do we treat Jesus, though? How do we see Jesus of Christmas? Is Jesus still the romantic idea of a baby born on Christmas Day? Do we bring into that whole story the fact that Jesus had to die for our sin? If you think about the biblical idea, Jesus really assimilating taking on all our sin and then hanging on a cross and dying for us. Puts a different slant on Christmas. It's not just a romantic idea. It is so much more. So much more. It's about a savior made human for us. I explained about the ants. and I really think that's how it works. Now God knew he had to bring Jesus as a human being into our world so that we could hear and listen. It's all about the gospel. I really love this rendition, this video clip on what the gospel really is and how it works. So have a look at this. The word gospel translates to news that brings joy. But this isn't just any news. A gospel is news that changes a life forever. After being invaded and enslaved by Persia, Greece won two decisive battles at Marathon and Solnus. The Greeks sent out heralds, also called evangelists, to proclaim the good news to the cities. We have fought for you, we have won, and now you're no longer slaves, you're free. The reality is that we are all slaves, slaves to sin and slaves to death. We are slaves in need of good news. Enter Jesus, God's son, fully God, fully man bringing news that would change our lives forever. His news was this, I am the divine, come to you to do what you could not do for yourself. I will take what you deserve so you can have what I deserve. You have no idea how much it will cost me, but you also cannot imagine the depths of my love for you. It is a gift that I give freely. So repent, repent from all the ways you've run from me and follow me. Follow me because I am the only way to eternal life. Follow me because I'm the savior you've been looking for.
follow me because I have authority over everything, yet I have humbled myself for you. Follow me because I died on a cross for you, because I'm your true love and your true life. This is my good news for you. This is my gospel, that you have been saved by grace and that you are slaves no more. think about this Christmas, this is the gospel that we are ambassadors of, evangelists of. We are those messengers that God wants to send out to the cities, to other houses or other people, other hearts, other lives with the good news. You don't have to be a slave anymore. I mean, Christmas is probably the most pertinent time to do exactly that, to be that evangelist. It's a time when people of the world, without realizing it, probably comes the closest to this message, when they are probably the most receptive to it by virtue of what's happening around them. That's actually a great opportunity. May God help us to be evangelists. Think about what God did in Jesus in a slightly different way. As we think about Christmas, think about what happened behind the scenes. I want you to reflect also on really what did God do for me and what did He do for others? Because it's, you know, it's one thing to say that we've been set free from slavery, but I think it's even worse than just slavery. We are in a hole. This is how it works. Oh, no, no, it's not there. Somehow I missed that one. Basically what happens in this video clip is a man falls into a hole. And then another man comes by and he's a religious priest of, of uh, another faith. And he says, man, don't worry about the hole. You know, everything in life is just an illusion. So the pain that you're experiencing, the hunger that you have down there because you don't have any food, you cannot get out of the hole, but don't worry, it's just an illusion. That's one faith's way of looking at this. Another holy man came past and he looked down into this hole and he said to the man, man, you know what? The way out of this hole is simply to meditate. Until you reach nirvana, then you will transcend out of the hole in some way that nobody understands. And so it goes on, religion after religion comes past and say these things to the man, but he's still in the hole, and the hole is still real, and he's still hungry, and still dying. And then comes a man that says, do you want to get out of the hole? That's a funny approach right there. So obviously, I want to get out of the hole. No, no, no. Do you really want to get out of the hole? I can get you out of the hole, but you want to have it. Uh, you must want it. Because some people want to stay in the hole. Are you sure you want to get out? Yes, yes, I want to get out. So the man takes a rope. The man himself climbs down into the hole. And because the man in the hole is too weak to do so himself, the man who climbed into the hole 
then puts the man who was lying in the hole over his shoulder and he climbs out of the, out of the hole. Brings him into the light. Feeds him. And helps him to recover. And so obviously that man that climbed down and took us over his shoulder is Jesus. Pulled us out of the hole that we could not do ourselves. So it's even about more than just slavery. It's about getting free of that hole. I want to show you one last video clip. If, if we understand all of this, then we will also start to understand that it's not just about the season. It's not just about Christmas. It's about living every day of the year as if it was Christmas, focused on Jesus. Focused on Jesus being made real in our world. So this is a different kind of video clip about a family who, who did just that and what God used to bring them to that point. It's quite touching. This is actually the one about the hole that I missed. So let's have a look at this first. A man fell in a hole. He fell in a hole and he couldn't get out. A traveler passed by. He told the man to meditate, to purify his mind, and when he reached Nirvana, all suffering would cease. The man did as he was told, but he remained in the hole. Another man appeared. He explained that the hole didn't exist, and neither, in fact, did the man. It was all an illusion. The man who did not exist was still stuck in the hole that was not there. Another visitor arrived. He instructed the man to perform good deeds to improve his karma. And though he would still die in the hole, he might be reincarnated as something magnificent. Another man looked down from above. He taught the man to pray five times a day facing east and to follow five important tenets. If he was faithful, one day, perhaps, the divine would set him free. The man prayed as best he could, but he was losing strength. And in the hole he remained. Another man appeared. There was something different about him. He called down to the man in the hole and asked him if he wanted to be free. This man lowered himself into the earth, into the pit. He took hold of the man. Somehow was saved. 
It's another way of looking at the gospel. This is why Christmas is so important, you know. People are in a hole. Ooh, let's get that over. People are dying because they're too weak to get out of the hole. Dying in the hole. Dying as slaves to sin. Last video clip, as I said, is, is a bit different. It's about living every day as if it's Christmas. So have a look at this one, and then I'm just going to finish it off with prayer. Bit of a different sermon. The idea is to help you to think about different aspects of Christmas. Think about what it's really about. May that be quickened in our hearts by virtue of what we see and hear. Last wish of a dying boy. God has saved my son This manger for your bed You have a long road before you rest Your little head Can you feel This world can wait for one more moment. Go and sleep in peace. I believe the glory of heaven is lying in my arms tonight. Lord, I ask that He just this moment simply be my My son, baby, close your eyes. Soon enough, you'll save the day. But for now, dear child of mine, 
like about this story is the, the choice that that family made. The choice to spend every day, last day of his life, as if it was Christmas. Now, I think, I mean, it's about the lights and it's about making it nice and beautiful and all of that. But it's about something deeper as well. It's almost as it's, uh, they did not prepare him for death. They prepared him for what came after. They prepared him for heaven. And so I'm wondering, this Christmas, what are we preparing people for? Are, preparing them, are we preparing them for a good time with lights and a nice meal? Are we preparing them for what comes after? Are we preparing them for something deeper? Are we living every day of our lives as if it's Christmas so they can have a taste? So they can taste of the Jesus that makes it possible for us to have eternal life? That's what Christmas is about. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you that you sent Jesus to us so that from that moment onwards, Jesus entering into our lives means that we can live every day as if it's Christmas. Christmas that continuously reminds us of what more there is. Christmas that is so much more than just the joy of the moment or the, but the lights or the nice presence so much more it's about eternal life it's about coming uh, coming free being set free from slavery being taken out of a hole where we're dying it's about so much more it's about the gospel that you call us to be evangelists of messengers spreading this gospel your story it's about so much more than the plastic it's so, about so much more than the faking it's about Jesus gospel set free life eternal being saved for all these things Lord we thank you and we pray that this Christmas you would help us this whole season to help people understand what it's really about So that they also can say, yes, I want to get free of this hole. And be taken out of it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.